I'm three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Softball, Leah Amico, and you're listening to The Shadows Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Shadows Podcast. We are here with Leah Amico, part two. In case you missed the first portion of this, Leah is a three-time Olympic gold medalist, three-time NCAA national champion, two-time world champion, three-time first-team All-American, three-time academic All-American, and a 2009 National Softball Hall of Fame inductee. She also hosts the Gold Standard Podcast. So during part two here, Leah talks about the championship mindset and internal pressure she placed on herself once she returned to Tucson from the 1996 Summer Olympics. How did she balance academics and athletics as well as the stress of social comparisons? What new habits did she have to establish once she graduated from college? Leah then opens up about the tragedy that struck her college and Team USA softball coach, Mike Kendrea, just four weeks before the 2004 Summer Olympics. She also shares her time with friend and teammate Julie Raytan. Julie taught her boldness and obedience and helped her find Christ in her life. Julie passed away one month after the national championship, but Leah shares her story and talks about how her legacy still lives on to this day. Finally, Leah talks about her books, Victorious in Softball, Glory, and God's Story. She also discusses her decision to start her own podcast, The Gold Standard Podcast. Go subscribe to her podcast, check out her books, find all the information about Leah over at leahamico.com in the episode description, as well as follow her on Instagram at leah20usa. Folks, make sure you tune in this Sunday for a special Super Bowl episode of the Shadows Podcast. We present the Shadows Podcast Bowl 2 with the New York Giants and Super Bowl legend David Tyree. Check out this episode over at theshadowspodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. Go leave us a review. Tell us what you think. But folks, without further ado, let's enjoy part two of this episode of The Shadows Podcast with Leah Miko. How was that going back onto campus as an Olympic gold medalist? Oh, I felt really good. I felt really good. I have my gold medal. I was sharing it. I remember going to um, an athletes in action meeting. Um, it was like a sports ministry that I've been involved in. And a couple of the football players, like I was sharing it with them and they're standing up on the chair, putting the medal around their neck, singing the national anthem. Like they're just like, this is what it's like, you know? And it was just fun to be able to share that moment. And, you know, I even had, I had a couple of things, you know, got back to campus first workout with the team was stadiums inside the McHale center. So like, you know, you're running and, oh, yeah. and I come back and I remember, um, I wouldn't even have known this is the only time I remember anything and outcome on my, you know, doing my workout, but I remember finishing first. And the reason I remember that is my strength coach who was also a former Olympian, um, in track and field. She just looked at me and was like that a girl, I see you. And I was like, I literally said, what do you mean? And she said, Oh, I expected you to come back in here now just because you got your medal and just sit back and think you're so good. And I had the complete opposite mindset yeah. of because I have this, it is my senior year. I want to lead our team to being the best we could be. And I need to show the way. And I just think when you are, are you know, championship mindset, when you have that and when you are 
you know, your biggest critic and the hardest person on yourself, like you're going to push yourself to be the best, no matter what setting it's in, no matter what you've accomplished, you'll never like sit there and go, now I'm good. So, um, I just remember like, and, and we had done it a little differently on the Olympic team. It took me just a tiny bit to just think like, we didn't really do cheers on the Olympic team. And so kind of, you're like, well, I'm mature now. you know. And then like, but then I was like, but then now I'm not being part of the unit. And so it didn't take me long to go. No, like this is how we do it here. Like be part of the unit. And so, um, so I kind of saw like get back into how we do things here. That's okay. On team USA, you do it this way. And it's just a little different at the college level. That's interesting. I've, I've noticed things similar like that in military with Dylan, whether it's enlisted officer, um, different situations. This is how we do it here, but this is, you have to kind of get reacquainted. So that's, that's interesting. You say that and you return to Tucson, you leave as a three time national champion folks, just to paint a picture of how successful she was by the time she graduated college, three time national champion, a, uh, three-time first-team All-American, which is a huge deal. I, I think, to me, one of the most impressive things, though, is three-time first-team academic. How in the world were you able to balance academics with uh, being an Olympian and being a, a you know top-tier athlete, uh, national championship? I mean, high-performing. How in the world were you able to do all that? You know, I learned right away, like, just – my priorities and I didn't always love school and it came, it was really hard for me. That's why I get amazed because the problem is we can compare ourselves. We can compare ourselves mm-hmm. to people who just can retain everything and just are brilliant. And right. And so like, I like just would feel like, no, like I have the hardest time. I have to like, I have to put extra time into the work that I do, but it's like never yeah, missing a class, never skipping an assignment, studying as much as I could for every single test. That's how I became an all an academic all American. And, and honestly, it shocked me too, that I even could get that award because I always felt like I didn't know as much as other people, but all it showed me. And I think this is true of every one of us in life. It really comes more down to what we're willing to put in. And if we will put it in, we will get it back out. And what I realized is it doesn't matter how smart somebody is. There can be people out there that are 10 times smarter than me, but if they won't put any work in, then I'm going to surpass them on the outcome of what I'm making happen. And so that just shocked me, but I see it in, in my kids. I see the different abilities of my kids, but I also see the different drive that they have and, and the expectations. So my middle son, I would say is I have three boys and my middle son, who is a junior in high school, I'd say is the most like me. This kid does so well in school, but like, like me, it's hard for him. It's hard. He has to do the extra work. It takes him extra time. He, you know, he probably puts in more time than other people, but he wants the highest result. And I see that on that. He's a football player. And so that's the same thing. I see it there. And it's just this idea of like, I can't be settled until all the work is done. I can't just be like, ah, I didn't get my work done. My youngest son, (laughs) it's like, ah, it's no big deal. It's just one assignment. But, but myself and my middle son, like we're not wired like that. And so literally I, I found that it almost came down to more like, what were your habits and what, you know, what were those things that you put in and work ethic? What did that look like more than how smart are you? Yeah. I I think it's huge. You say that because, uh, there's a book power habits and it, you know, it's, it's one that I love. And, uh, for me, I wish I would have read something like that or heard, like what you're saying right there at a younger age, because I kept thinking I have to, I have to study just like everybody else. And why am I not getting the same results as them? 
Uh, but I was actually the one that had to study a lot harder and figure out. I don't think I figured out until I was maybe 30 how I really study effectively. Uh, so yeah. it's important for people to know that uh, just because something works for you doesn't necessarily mean it works for the next person and the next person. And I had to do that with my daughter, get her to figure out how she, she studies and not my pointers. And uh, it's just it's interesting how how we work like that. Will you graduate? What was that time frame like in between graduating and then well you pretty much just jumped into the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, correct? Yeah, so I graduated and then it was it was actually um yeah, I came back to Southern California. I was living with my family and just training and kind of started doing a little bit of some, you know, traveling a little bit with some softball clinics, doing some softball lessons here locally in Southern California. You just try to, I realized what all these women had put their lives on hold for. I understood it. Now they still kept playing women's major ball and tried, had, had a job. Maybe they were a teacher, but they had summers off or whatever mm. they were doing so that they could basically still do this one passion and love that they had for potential opportunity down the road. So for me, it was like, everything was around that because I knew in four years, my goal is to play on the Olympic team, but you have to try out every single year for team USA. So you got to stay in shape. And that's what I found out right after college was like, wow, I don't have my team around me. I don't have my coach with me. I don't have access every single day to get a, as many cuts as I was getting. So I had to figure out a way. How do you stay at your best and stay sharp without 60 games leading right up to the summer when everybody else that's, in, you know, all these college athletes now, and what I had was, you know, go right into the summer. It's so nice. It's like, you've just seen everybody, you know what you're doing. So that was definitely the first year out. You figure that out. And Honestly, it was like, just, this is the priority. My priority is softball and training. So I'm going to figure it out. Went down to the local cages. You know, I had my daily routines. I would go out and I would do my, my workouts. I had to all of a sudden, you know, ask a trainer, Hey, can you give me workouts? And I had to do it on my own. And that's when you find out what you're really made of. And if you really want it, because it's one thing when you have a whole team around you and you're accountable and there's a practice time to be there and it's a whole different thing. And this is where entrepreneurs, right? And I'm learning this now in this new environment too. Yeah. It's like, how bad do you really want it, Leah? Like, are you willing to get up early? Are you willing to do this? And I find that sometimes I'm like, oh, that must not be as big of a priority as I think because I'm not putting that time in, right? Because I saw what that looked like when I got out of college and what when I still had that goal and I was driven and I knew what the outcome was that I was working toward. Yeah, it, it paid off because you ended up Another well, you and your team, another gold medal in 2000 Olympics in Sydney, and then you got your third gold medal, uh, 2004 Olympics in Athens. One of my favorite places to visit too is is Athens. I love it there. But there was something I really wanted to focus on here, and I got this off of SportsWorld.org. Uh, you said, let's see here. With the ultimate goal achieved, I stood on the podium for the last time, and I knew that there was more to life than winning championships. I lost three friends from unexpected deaths in the past eight years, and that made me reflect on what really mattered most. My faith helped me through those losses and now gives me a foundation of hope and joy. So you mentioned what was going through your mind during your first gold medal, and then you mentioned you had uh, a couple of losses there personally in your life take us back to that moment when you were standing there and reflecting back oh yeah I was in Athens and knew I actually had been married between my first two Olympics 
And then I had my son right after my second Olympics. And so he was three, but he was back in Southern California. So I knew like this had been a harder year. You know, I was training. I had to leave him a lot. We had to find people that were very flexible with my schedule. I was on the road touring the U S um, I had to be away from my husband a lot of time. And so the challenges started getting bigger and bigger, but I knew like, this is, this is what I was going for. I still wanted it. It was still my passion. And so get to the, get to Athens and, you know, just such a dream team. I have a picture behind my head on my wall of, yeah. um, on the sports illustrated cover. We, they called us the real dream team that year. The basketball team struggled a little bit <laughs> and yep. they're normally the dream team, but we, we just came out and we went nine and oh, we scored 51 runs. We only gave up one run in the championship. We beat Australia five to one. And my coach, Mike Candrea from Arizona was, it was his first Olympics coaching us. He actually had unexpectedly lost. That was one of the losses. His wife, Sue, four weeks prior, we were traveling the country. She sat down at the airport. We're getting ready to take our last flight to Connecticut from Wisconsin. And she ended up just passing now. And she ended up having a brain aneurysm and passed away two days later. Mm -hmm. And he had to fly his two kids out to Wisconsin to say goodbye to their mom in the hospital there. We went to Connecticut, played and got the news that she had passed. And you just, you know, really quickly, you realize what matters in life. <laughs> We've been training for this gold medal. And when you have nothing else really going on and struggles, you're like, this is the most important thing. And then you go through life and death situations and it kind of shakes you and makes you realize it's the people. It's the journey with the people. It's who we are as people that really matters. We were blessed right. to be able to know Sue Candrea and have that time with her. So we get to Athens and we just go and it's awesome. And we're winning. And I don't think my coach was sleeping, of course. Right. He lost the love of his life. And, um, and she was, you know, 49 years old. I don't know if I said that. So again, so unexpectedly, young. suddenly. So I get on that. We, we win the gold medal. It's just this massive celebration. Everybody's crying, hugging coach Candrea because, you know, three weeks earlier we're in Tucson or in, in, um, Casa Grande, Arizona, burying his wife, you know? And, um, and so now like, it was like this culmination and almost like you could grieve. So I stood on that podium. My career was coming to an end. I knew I needed to get back home. I've been away from my son for four weeks at this point. And, um, you know, just wanted to just go back and hug him and be mom and say, okay, like I knew, I knew this was the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Like this was the finish line for this. Um, the, I just thought about all the memories. It's taking me around the world. The people, coach, coach's wife, feeling like I could finally grieve. It was literally just like this. I was bawling, <laughs> I was bawling on that podium. But there were so many more emotions, obviously, because there were all these other things tied to that one um, compared to the first Olympics. And so um, I'll just never forget it. It was just really a moment in Athens. Greece where the Olympics began. So even that was just so special and, um, just feeling like, you know what, I'm very fortunate and blessed. I, I thanked God for every opportunity. I knew he put me with those teammates for a reason, with that coach for a reason. I was finishing on my terms. Not everybody gets to do that. I was very fortunate and blessed yeah. to be able to do that as well. Um, but just was able to walk away knowing that this is just the beginning in a whole nother, you know, season of life that I was very excited for. A lot of people go home and they get depressed and they're like, what's next? But I knew I wanted to have more kids. And I knew that if God had allowed me to experience three gold medals, I knew there was a lot more to come in the next, in the next season. Yeah, and I read about a story about Julie, is it Retan? Retan. Retan, Julie Retan, about how she basically helped you find Christ in your life. 
Uh, would you mind sharing that story? Yeah, Julie impacted my life in the biggest way. And I just want to tell everybody that's listening to like, you have no idea, you might be impacting someone's life forever by being who God's called you to be by caring for them, praying for them, having a listening ear. Julie was somebody who came on my team as a freshman when I was a junior. So we've already won a couple national championships. And what I laughed was Julie was not I wouldn't say the most athletic one on our team at all, but she was like probably the most confident. <laughs> so I was like, what does she have that I don't have, you know? And I will just say like right off the bat, she was known for her faith, not because she went around and said, everybody, this, uh, this is what I believe I'm a Christian and said, because of how she lived. And mm-hmm. then it gave her a voice and it was different. It was different than all those college girls that are trying to find our way and figure out who we are and just basically following the crowd most of the time. And so she invited me to a Bible study. I thought I was a Christian. I said, yes, like I believe in God for sure. It made no difference in my life. I just believed, you know, believed in God. I wanted to go to heaven one day. And, um, and, and I'm so thankful for one person that was around me that lived boldly and lived just obediently, because I'll tell you boldness and obedience it is going to stand out. We are made to be set apart. If you know God and you're not bold and not set apart, God wants you. He wants to be that in you and through you. And so just her invitation to go to this Bible study. I went, it was an athletes in action director who just come onto our campus and, um, a track athlete and Julie and me. And I remembered walking in and then literally being like, Oh my gosh, I'll come. As long as you don't ask me any questions. I also remember thinking, why did I say yes? I'm so tired. Like every other college kid. Right. Oh yeah. But I said, yes. So I'm going, well, I'm so glad I went in and just by listening to them, read the Bible. I, it changed my life forever. I, that day I truly surrendered my life. You know, I, I wanted a savior before that, but I understood finally what it meant to be, have a Lord and savior in Jesus Christ. And, um, and that just began a journey. Julie was the one I went to and asked questions. So even though she's younger than me, she knew a lot more of the Bible than I did. She was always funny. She led our team in prayer as a freshman comes onto our team and was like, anyone want to pray with me? I'm going down the line to pray. (laughs) So I would go and I would listen and be like, man, I wish I could pray like her. I wish I knew how to be comfortable like that. I wish. And she was funny. And it was like, God was her friend. Like she revered him as, you know, the, the holy God that we honor and the almighty God. But she also, he was her friend and she knew he loved her and he saw her and created her. And so, um, I, I just grew, I learned to play softball for him. But after, um, my last going to the Olympics, she was my biggest fan. Also, I have to say that, um, my senior year, I got to pray after the game. My first time I ever prayed out loud was on the women's college world series field in Oklahoma city. And I wanted to, because I saw her example all these years and I wanted to do it. And so I asked everybody after the game to get around home plate. And I, I just prayed and we're all like, I'm crying and we're all crying. It was just really a special, special moment. And, um, and I got a call a month later after winning the national championship, every I'm um, team USA, everything's amazing. And I got a, a phone call from a, a former teammate who said, Julie passed away at 21 years old in, in her sleep. And she had had some complications. She actually had had diabetes and she had been having some issues with her medication and just some different struggles. And one night she went to sleep at 21 years old and she, she didn't wake up. And that moment it changed me from, I was growing, I was, I was learning, but in that moment I was like, no, like I'm done 
I'm done playing with anything in this world. I want to be all in. That does not mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't have things that to this day, God still works on me with, but I'll tell you from that day on after Julie died, I've never changed with, I want to leave an impact for Jesus bigger than anything else I do or say, I want to be a witness. If I cannot say it, I want to live it out more than anything. And I want people to feel loved and seen and heard and known. And, and so that's been kind of my life. I can't wait to see Julian one day because I I've talked about Julie, my, I mean, really since, since she changed my life, I've talked about her, but to this day, um, I wish she was still here because she was the one who impacted me and I want to be Julie to other people. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. And uh that first of all, thank you so much for sharing that story as well. But you, you talk about a blessing being put in front of you. And I've loved the quote that a guest shared one time, and, and I think Julie's a prime example of that. Sometimes we plant seeds, we're never around long enough to see the tree grow. But just knowing you plant those seeds with someone else and, and get them started on a journey. Uh talk about how important spiritual resiliency is to you. Yeah, it's so important. And and it's like playing on the softball field, like showing up every single day um, prepared me and it grew my confidence, right? I would learn and I got better. So every day, like reading my Bible, oh my goodness, like I just mm-hmm. get so filled up and I get strengthened and I get the right perspective. And that helps me to be resilient because you're going to go into different environments. Some it's no big deal. Like, you know, it's very welcomed and people want to talk about it. Other times you might be the only person there that, you know, is, is, living for Christ and and follows him and knows him, but that's okay too, because God knows and he's in us and he's taken me so many places around this world. Um, I coach uh, with Israel softball, the under 18 and under 22 team. And I love yeah. these um, athletes that are, some are from America, some are from Israel. And, um, and we maybe don't have that same belief system, but I, I love Israel because of, you know, of the Bible. And um, I really believe Israel is God's chosen land. And, um, but I, through that, I just want to be a light. I want to love them. I want, I want, and and they can know, they know that I, you know, what I believe. And so, um, I learned over time early on, it was hard. I, I was nervous to say stuff in certain environments. I really try to pray and ask God to give me wisdom. And there's times I'm quiet and I just pray. And there's other times where I'm bold and I'll speak up because I just think God leads us. And for me, like you talk about that resilience, like being resilient really comes from understanding who we are in Christ. And, um, I'm going to say it like this yesterday I was at church and it, we were in Romans one and it talks about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for is a power unto salvation for all who believe. And he said, you know what? We wouldn't be we wouldn't be ashamed to tell people there's a parachute. If you're jumping on a plane, we wouldn't be ashamed to tell somebody there's a life vest or life, you know, lifeboat coming by. If you're drowning, we wouldn't be ashamed if you're in the desert and you have nothing to drink. And all of a sudden there's a water bottle. We wouldn't be ashamed. And Jesus is the answer to, to all life's problems, really to the, to the hopeless and the hurting and the, you know, and just those that have gone through so much. Um, so I, we need to be spiritually resilient. We need to um, be built up and it starts from knowing God's word. And then through that, then it equips us in it and, and knowing it, believing it, and then living it out. Yeah. And I was curious to see your take on that because a lot of times people are like, how important is religion? How important is God to you? But that resiliency piece, because I mean, life hits us with some stuff and there's temptations and tests that are put in front of us and you got to be resilient with that. And 
you have done some amazing things uh, off the field as well. So if you don't mind, like let our listeners know about, you got a couple of books too. You've got Victorious, you've got uh, Mm -hmm. Softball Glory and God's Story. So tell them about every single thing you're doing and we'll get to the podcast in a minute. Okay. Yeah. So I have, I have two books. So my very first book, um, I would go speak and people would say, you need to write a book. And I would like set out and literally I had 13 chapters, but I look back, I'm like, it was so bad. Um, but then somebody else said, you know, what if you did a devotional? And I was like, cause I, I would go around and I would do clinics and, um, with Jenny Finch, my Olympic teammate, she's the famous one, the beautiful one. She also loves Jesus. I've and heard her too. So yep. she, yeah. And she said, Hey Leah, she said, um, would you do a devotional? She would usually pray on Sundays prior to the camp starting, but she said, would you actually do a devotional for those that want to come early? So we just offered it for anybody that wanted. And so when somebody said doing a devotional, it was like, oh my gosh, I've probably done 80 of these, like just from camps. I wish I taped them all. I would have just written a, multiple books. <laughs> so when they said that I got to work trying to think, oh my gosh, that's my heart. That's, I love that. So I did a 31 day devotional softball, glory and God's story where I tell Olympic stories. I tell that hit off of Lisa. I talk about, and I use the whole David and Goliath. And my goal was to then leave them with something, a biblical truth, a biblical story, things that I didn't know mm. when I was growing up. I didn't know until much yeah. later. Um, and then I victorious. I did. Um, it's a one, it's a year long devotional. It's on Amazon and um, it's just called victorious by Leah Amico. And what it is, is during COVID, I just felt like when, like, you know, I know you got things, I think a lot of stuff started in COVID, but Um, I just feel like people needed hope and they needed encouragement. And it was very time of very, there was a lot of fear going on and there was a lot of division happening. And so I got, um, I started out where somebody had posted on, you know, three fourteen, and they're like, you know, happy pie day. And then they had a verse. And then all of a sudden the next day I was like, well, I want to do three fifteen, And I found something three fifteen. Well, I went through and I found a verse a day that goes with the date. So something one, one is like oh, I don't know cool. if it's John one, one on January 1st. And so every single date has a, a verse that coordinates. And then just a really short, quick little comment about that truth, because yeah. again, we read it, but a lot of people are like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, listen, I want to help people break that down. It's not as hard as I think we tend to make it. I felt the same way when I very first was learning. So I, I wanted to help people also to, to break that down. So I've done those two books. I was a long time ago as a part of a, for about four years, Christian sports show as a co-host with AC green from the Lakers and Frank Pastore, um, oh, who was wow. a Cincinnati Reds pitcher. He's since passed away, um, from a motorcycle accident, but did that for a few years. I was a co-host on that. I've been with ESPN for a lot of years. Um, up until, um, actually a year ago, uh, did about 13 years with them commentating college softball. Um, and then I still do the women's college world series. I think I'm going on year 12 with Westwood one radio. So it's on radio and online during the women's college world series every year. Um, yeah, I speak, I travel, I do some coaching for the Israel teams. Like I've mentioned, uh, this summer I'll be in Prague and Canada and Italy with some Israel teams. <laughs> so it's, it's really allowed nice. me to have a lot of opportunities. Um, just, just by <laughs> saying yes to some things that have come. I always obviously check with my family first. Um, but it's, it's been awesome to have that support from my husband and my kids. Yeah. And that's huge having that support. That really is. And you talk about keeping your plate full with things to do. You, you mentioned Prague. Have you ever been to Prague before? So two years ago with team Israel was the first time I'd been, I'm going to tell you, we drove into that city and they're like, okay, in two hours, we're going to have dinner. I'm like, I'm going to see as much as Prague as I can in two yep. hours. 
And I extended, I was like, called my husband, like, honey, do you care if I come home three days later? Like, I just need to see more. And so I fell in love with Prague. I was like, how have I never known? I've traveled to Germany and Italy and Australia. And I mean, so many places, but I was like, how has everybody not been telling me about Prague? And it's (laughs) cheap. Everybody cheap and they speak mostly English and that's yeah. and there's so much to do in a small area. So you can just get to the hotel and walk everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it. I said, I said, I would go with my girlfriends. I feel safe enough to go some places I wouldn't, but that I would go with my girlfriends. I, I love Prague. There's one, if you haven't checked it out, it's right on the outskirts of Prague, but it's called Kutnahora, like K-U-T-N-A-H-O-R-A, but it's the bone church. Okay. And it was incredible. We took a little uh, train. It was like a 20, 30 minute trip outside of Prague. But the church, the whole inside of the church is built out of bones. And it is a, yeah. And it was really cool. There was, there was two churches in this little city, but going in there and I I believe the story was something along the lines of during World War, World War II, the cemetery had been, bombed and they didn't know what to do with these bones so a blind man actually went in and actually built this and it's very small but very impressive to see and yeah that was but you could tell the lady that worked the front desk was so tired of it she's like you know everybody walking in was just you know wide-eyed looking around but Kutnohora is definitely a a good stop I love just the churches over in Europe anyways because that's old here it's like oh yeah this Presbyterian church has been here since 1963 it is old uh where you go overseas and you're like "Mm -mm, nope um yes yeah no what incredible stuff you're doing and you mentioned Jenny Finch speaking of her she was on the gold standard podcast that you have so yes Talk about how cool that is. We we're talking a little bit before we came on the air, but how cool is that to have your own podcast? And what all is your podcast about? Yeah. So the Gold Standard Podcast with Leah and Miko, it can be found on all platforms. And um, the first season and a half, we actually did. I interviewed um, former Olympic gold medalist and former pro athletes, NBA player, um, former ML- MLB player, and just kind of picked their brain. Because what I want to talk about is um, the gold standard is obviously the standard of excellence, but then I broke it down into four letters. So gold goals, um, overcoming obstacles, leadership and dedication and drive kind of these four components of, you know, I think highly successful people, no matter what area of life, but these athletes and how they've kind of taken these principles and been successful outside of sports, because, you know, there's some people that maybe I love sports. I'm going to go do that. I'm super successful and then make terrible decisions otherwise. So I wanted to talk to people who really lived out that standard of excellence and everything they were doing so they could pass on that wisdom and not just one area because you like something. And so, um, it has been awesome. Jenny Finch was on it. Kat Osterman, Jessica Mendoza. These are all Olympic gold medalists. Um, Jessica Mendoza does stuff with ESPN and um, MLB baseball. Um, and then, you know, really loved some of the messages. Some of the, another Olympian who did the luge, Ruben Gonzalez, he's a speaker has spoken for over 20 years, went to four different Olympics and he didn't win a medal and he actually competed for Argentina, but he's so inspiring. Cause he talks about how he would be last getting picked for even dodgeball, but he had a goal and he was willing to work and he was going to find a way. And he found with the luge, you just got to be willing to break some bones and <laughs> do things other people yeah. won't. And so he's like, most people are fearful. So I'm just going to pass them all up and I love the lessons in that. And so I had him on and you just had such great wisdom to share. 
And so with the gold standard, actually recently I've shifted gears just a little bit. Um, and kind of am mixing up. I'm going to have guests on every once in a while, but I just thought, you know what? I speak all over. I've spoken all over the country and I speak for all different audiences, young, older businesses, um, sports, all different things. I'm speaking to Clemson softball uh, next month here and wow. just different opportunities that I, I'm speaking to different people. And so I thought, why don't you just start sharing these things that helped me win gold medals? That is the gold standard for me. How do I apply it? You know, and so I talk a little bit about everything, leadership, goal setting, overcoming obstacles, um, mindset, things that it takes to be our very best. And, you know, how to just, you know, get through things as well as, um, you know, when other people are stopping, like, what are those things that can help us keep going? Right. When everybody else wants to give up, like, what did those people have? And, you know, just from different, I've been on a lot of podcasts as well. And I appreciate you having me on here trip, but like a lot of military, like I've been on some and it's, it's, I love it. Business people who are very successful, military, Olympic athletes, pro athletes. We have a lot of similar core components that yeah. are the same across the board. And that's the stuff that can get passed on because it's not, oh, oh, because only they were this strong. They swung the bat this way. Yes, you have certain skill sets that help you. But what people don't realize is there's a lot more of those intangibles that's available to everyone. So my, my podcast is really to just try to share those core concepts. The gold standard podcast with Leah Amico is what it's called. Yeah, if you're listening to this, definitely go check her out. Check it out. First episode was phenomenal. Um, go listen to it. You can find it where you find just about all podcasts. I know Spotify, um, Apple Podcast. Go leave her a review. Let her know what you think of it. Um, that helps us podcasters out when we get those reviews. So um, definitely go do that for and support her. And definitely check out her book too. Where can somebody find basically any and everything about you? Yeah. So my website, leahamico.com, L-E-A-H-A-M-I-C-O, leahamico.com. Um, we'll give you all the information that you need. It has all my links. Um, I'm on Instagram, leah20usa, L-E-A-H-20 USA. It's my number, of course. Um, and you know, through that, they'll be able to see my podcast, the different things on social media. Um, I got to get my YouTube stuff going, but I'm really excited just about some upcoming opportunities this year and wanting to get more of the message out of what the gold standard is. And, um, you know, homeschooled, I homeschooled my boys for 13 years until two years ago. So the last two years I've been just like, so excited about this shift and building up and thinking, you know, what this next season of life looks like. And so it's been fun to share, um, just, and, and myself just to set new goals. And so I just want to encourage all of you out there. Yeah. Check it out. LeahAmico.com. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Oh, good luck diving into YouTube. That's fun. Especially doing it by yourself. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, but I, I think that'd be perfect though. Have those interviews on there and, um, yeah, go check her out. She's doing amazing, amazing stuff. Final question for you is when grandkids are mentioning, your name and they're pointing to these gold medals and they're talking about you 50 years from now. What do you want people to say about you? I would want them to just say that I, I had gold medals, but that I lived out the gold standard and everything that I was a better person than I was a player that, that honestly, to me, I remember at Julie's funeral, I remember thinking I, I wouldn't want it to be about softball. I want it to be one that I loved God with all my heart. And I lived, I lived that out and people knew that. And then number two, just that I treated everybody with love and respect and that, you know, kind of followed like 
followed what I shared. Cause I think there's a lot of people out that tell people to do one thing, but they live another way. So that's what I would want. I want it to be just that, um, you know, no matter where I was, no matter what I was doing, that I was consistent. I was that same person across the board. Yeah. I was telling her before we hit record, and this is very true. I was talking to several different people who've either heard you or been connected with you. And the one constant that I'm hearing from all these people is basically you're like a gold. Yes, you are a gold medalist, but in life. And then, oh, and by the way, she's also a three-time gold medalist uh, on the baseball field as well. But I mean, it's just people have the utmost respect for you. And I can't thank you enough for taking time to do this. I think it's remarkable what you're doing. Uh, so thank you personally for me for taking time to be here with our audience. Well, I think it's awesome that you're sharing the knowledge that you have and the guests that you're bringing on. And it's just a reminder for all of us. And and I just want to tell anybody listening, you have a story too. make sure you're telling it might be to your neighbor, might be to someone in your family, or it might be on a podcast, but share your story because this is not just for us to be sharing and, and just take action, whatever you have in your heart, take action. Cause that's one of the things that, um, a lot of my things that I do, I'm like, it's just cause I said yes. And I just said, I'm going to try, but you know, a lot of people don't, don't get started because there's, there's too many things that they're worried about or fearful of. So I just encourage you take action and, and share your story. Awesome. Well, folks, this has been an incredible episode. We got some really good stuff coming your way. Uh, we got the rebound series that's going to be starting up in March. Got some people already starting to get lined up for that. We're looking forward to bringing you some amazing guests moving forward. That's going to conclude this episode of the Shadows Podcast. All right. We hope everybody has enjoyed this incredible two part episode with Leah Amico. One more time, head over to leahamico.com. Also on Instagram at leah20usa. And go check out her podcast, The Gold Standard Podcast. It's incredible. As well as her books, Victorious and Softball Glory and God's Story. Folks, one more time, tune in for a special Super Bowl episode of The Shadows Podcast this Sunday. We present The Shadows Podcast Bowl 2 with New York Giants and Super Bowl legend, the man with the helmet catch himself, David Tyree. And one last plug here, if you like what we're doing, head over, leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. Help get these messages and these incredible stories out there to more people. Folks, that's all the time we got this week on The Shadows. Remember, tune in this Sunday for The Shadows Podcast Bowl 2. You know, most people go through life aiming at nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. And they find themselves just feeling stuck in a rut, wondering if this is all there is. And I'm here to tell you, no, it is not. And life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. So check out beyondtherut.com and listen to episodes of other people who are also feeling stuck in a rut, asking themselves the same questions you are around their faith, their family, their fitness, their finances, and just their outlook on future possibility. And there, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired to make your own path and live life beyond the rut. So again, go check out beyondtherut.com where you can find blog posts and podcast episodes as well as some tools to help you design the targets you wish to hit in life in those five F's, faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. Because again, life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. Now go check it out. Beyond the rut.
<laughs> that is done. It's yours.